You ready? We're on. Oh, we're live. Golly. (laughs) Are we ready? Yeah. All right. Well, good morning, guys. Uh, We're here. It's good old sports. It's a Friday. We've only almost got two. Well, this will be two full weeks of a live daily show. What do you think so far? Oh, man. The first week was hard. I ain't going to lie to you because it was sports, sports, sports. And then I was tired, tired, tired. But this week was a lot easier, uh, a lot more interesting because you know, as as the uh, well, you kind of your second win this week. Yeah, too. as the second uh, win caught the playoffs caught too. So I mean, that's kind of what aired it up as well. But just some interesting things going on in sports, um, and it's not really that much sport activity going on other than basketball and football. So, um, yeah, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And then it's we got to do this again on Monday. Yeah. But it gives us more time to prepare because, as we know, there's another playoff game. The divisional round is coming up Sunday. Going to have more chips falling. Yeah. And the Lakers will play again. I think they play tonight, actually. They do. Yeah. Um, For whatever news that's for. <laughs> I hope they do well. Fingers crossed. Um, but other than that, yeah, man, let's kick this thing off. with. Uh, did pretty well with uh, Madden. Oh, yeah, man. <sighs> Madden, I'm just going to say this. I guess I'm chopped liver, though, because I get left out. But it, well, like, nah, <laughs> Madden is so technical now. Like, I remember playing Madden back in the days where you just threw the ball, and if the receiver was open, he caught it, right? Yeah. There was none, none, none of these technical uh, difficulties and complex rules to it. Now it's like Madden, you have to actually play Madden. You have to play the player, and it's, it's com- complicating, and it's... Frustrating because I had, uh, uh, you know, I played with the Cowboys. That's my team, right? So I was well, in the until red. the next time we play here, and then they're my team. Well, they're still my team. Uh, <laughs> oh. I had, I had, I was in the red zone, man, and I had Dalton Schultz wide open down the seam in the end zone, and I threw it, and uh, Josh's was like I told you earlier. Josh's defender just jumped up and swatted it down. So I'm like, what? Usually in old Madden, now when I say old Madden, I'm talking maybe, maybe five years ago. That's a catch, like that's a touchdown. There's no technical difficulties trying to control the guy. What's well, got more touchdown. advanced? I, mean, I know, but for the better, still, man, the better. Actually, you know what? Cost me the game. I, I tell you what, <laughs> just to be nice to you, I guess when we play again, the first game, I'll just when I play you, I'll I'll let you be the Cowboys. I'll be Kansas City. I'll mm-hmm. light you up. No, no, no. I like because I like Kansas City too. So, well, it doesn't matter. We'll play rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Uh, I like playing with Kansas City on Madden. I I mean, they ain't my team in actual. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan all day, every day. No unbiased opinions on this show at all. No. I don't. I don't. Well, yeah, there. Well, there isn't. But I'm just letting you know, if you haven't known or figured out by now, the way I talk about the Cowboys and the Lakers, I am a fan. So, anyways, let's kick this off with Golden. Well, we said we were going to interject ourselves, so that's what I'm trying to well, do. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, they know I'm a Cowboys fan and a Lakers fan. And, I, honestly, and if, if I mean, college fan, I'm a Longhorns fan. Okay. All day. You, you. All day. Hey, man, Listen. It's UT. It's the okay. Longhorns. Well, that's fine. You know, they almost beat Alabama. The highlight of their almost. season. Almost. Yeah, the highlight of their season. It was the highlight of both of their seasons. 
Because uh, Alabama didn't do squat. Uh, com- okay. to, uh, um, according to their standard, they according didn't do squat. To their standard, but they see, didn't do squat. see, this goes back to what Paul Feinbaum said about them. Yeah, the problem with Alabama is that Alabama is measured against perfection. Everybody else is measured against Alabama. So well, that that's could, why everybody wants to say Alabama. That could be the case, but like I said, Alabama didn't do squat according to, to their standard. To their standard. But their standard is a foot higher than... So, but they still didn't amount to it. <laughs> Nick Saban did. Nick Saban's a great coach. It's just the team he had this season was undisciplined. Uh, and that's what ultimately cost them a lot of games. Uh, well, the games that they did lose, uh, just not being able to stay disciplined. But, like I said, we're on to Golden State Warriors, nearly taking down the Celtics. But the Celtics poked at a weak spot. And we're able to get in and beat the Warriors. And what did, I mean, we're talking about this was a finals rematch from a year ago. And Golden State had no answer in the second half for Boston. Like, no answer. This is why we talk about Boston the way that we do. Because Boston continues to show people who they are game in and game out. They are who we thought they were. I don't care if they're having a... Bad game like they did last night. It wasn't the best, but they were able to get a win. And they did it against the Golden State Warriors, who won the championship last year. So, Golden State, if if there's no kind of rebuild or uh, some, some kind of substance that you could take to sustain yourselves, uh, I'm not talking about steroids, uh, but I'm I'm talking about some prayer because y'all's organization has failed. I mean, it's 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 failed so low that I mean this isn't the Golden State Warriors that we that we know, you know. Well, like I said, what a difference even just from from a year ago. Now we've talked at length on this show about how you know that seems to have been an anomaly type thing for them. Yeah, then they and they. And that's the crazy thing because, well, okay, let's just kind of point this out, okay? I know we're not the NFL yet, but I want to point this out. Teams, so how many teams were there? Let's see, the uh, Golden State and San Fran, they won the the NBA championship last year. L.A. Rams won the Super Bowl, and both of the teams sucked this year. Yeah, that hangover. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's tradition that, you know, if the next season uh, around, those teams defend their championship. You know, they try to they, they try to make another go at it, and in some instances, it happens. You know, they have repeats, um, but that just wasn't happening with the Warriors this year. Uh, neither did it happen with the Rams, but the the Warriors are just well. But okay, it goes back to you look at those those two teams. They won, kind of. Close games to get there. They won close games to win it. I mean, it, it was one of those where you just got the feeling that they caught lightning in a bottle. You know, yeah. Golden State was temporarily able to kind of reclaim some of their old magic. And then certainly for the Rams, that was lightning in a bottle. Not, uh, not replicable. And, and you hate to, to see it that way, but it is what it is. Uh, but, like you said, the Celtics are who we thought they were. 
Uh, they're still number one, barring some, you know, some some losses here and there. They're still number one over in the East, but the East are so just jam packed. They're tight over there, man. I'm talking teams that are one or two games away from taking another team spot. So they're like this. They're close. Um, but you know the Celtics are able to hold on to that spot, and rightfully so because they're so talented. Uh, one of the most talented, or the most talented basketball teams in the NBA as of today. Well, the East kind of got a little further after last night. So, yeah, because uh, you, now you've got the Bucks at four and a half games out of first. They're tied with the Seventy Sixers, okay. though. I keep getting my stats and stuff. That's the West that is like this. The East, yeah, the yeah. East is well. Like the this. West though has has the the jam pack in the West is for that three, four, and five spot. Because the West right now you've got. Well, in the one and two spot to a to a point because you've got the Nuggets a half game over the Grizzlies, then you've got the Kings at six games out of first that sitting in third, the Pelicans tied with them for third place, the Mavs, uh, two and a half games out of the tie for third, eight and a half back of the one seed. So I mean, you, that's the thing. And then down here in the East, it it gets tight there after first place because you've got the Bucks four and a half out. Philadelphia's tied with them at four and a half out. Then, uh, let's see, a game and a half behind that, you've got the Nets and the Cavaliers. Mm. And then three games behind them, you've got the Heat and Knicks. I mean, so it's all just kind of jam-packed there after. But you see, okay, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it this year. I'm not going to do it. What are we going to do? No, I I don't want to talk about him this year. Who? LeBron? Yes. I don't want to talk about him. So I'm not gonna do it. I'm just, I'm gonna hold that comment off until after the game tonight because I have, it, it's 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 a comment I want to make about the the, the Cavaliers and but, how LeBron destroyed that organization twice. Well, no, well, no. He um, kind of did though. I don't want to talk about that. I want, I don't want see. So I don't want to talk so much about LeBron than I do about the Cavs because this comment is more about the Cavs than it is about. Well, the Cavs LeBron. have. Twice have done nothing post LeBron, but they've done better than LeBron overall. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, as far as getting that one player though that could push them over the top at times when they had an opportunity. Because yeah. I mean, this time you don't even have Kyrie there. At least yep. last time he left, you had Kyrie. Yeah. Well, they're still a top team. They are, yeah. I mean, they're they're in it. While Lakers sit down at the bottom at 13th. Cellar dwellers forever. 13th place, bro. You down there, and I don't think they're ever going to get up. No, they're looking, and they're... they're... 13th, the 13th spot has become the Lakers' dwelling place. Uh, <laughs> their the West, home. Yeah, the, the, the Western Conference has piled on. Yeah, man, but... You know, it, that's how, you know, this season has shaped out for them and, you know, everybody else who we thought would suck is on top. So, like the Kings, for instance. Sacramento. We were joking about them last year. Yeah. Well, we were joking about them before the season because yeah. we had a conversation about all the teams in California and I was like, well, nobody even remembers that oh, Sacramento's yeah. got a basketball. Any, does anybody remember the Orlando, uh, the Orlando Magics? No. 
Like, that team, that's they the even most. Talk about them. But they yeah, used to have Shaq. That's the most un the non-existent team right now. I mean, you don't hear much about the uh, Magic's at all. It's like they forgotten. They're forgotten about. At least you hear about the Kings. You know, because they're on the West Coast. But yeah, even if you're a lowly team on the West Coast, you're gonna get some coverage. Yeah, but if you're on, if you're on the coast, you're okay. But Orlando's stuck down there. Only thing I remember about Orlando that comes to mind isn't the Magic's, it's Disney World. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, like, what a place to put a team where something's already dominant. True, so it makes no but, sense. But, I mean, you think about the early days with Shaq and Hardaway. I mean, they yeah, they dominated. You know, that was Shaq's. You know, that was baby Shaq. You know? Yeah. You know, before they had a the, chance at some titles. Yeah, I and mean, they went up not winning, but they had a shot. Yeah, and then he went on to L.A., you know, and, I, I, man, people don't understand how much Shaq's game improved. You know, each year he was in the NBA, you know, it got better. He got bigger and he, his game got bigger with him. I mean, he was just dominant. And then adding Kobe. Uh, Speaking of Shaq, have you watched Grown Ups 2? Yes. Okay. I, you know, had not watched either one of them. My wife got me to watch both of them. We watched He's the a, second one the other night. He, <sighs> so not before last, we watched Grown Ups 2. Yeah. I died when he, they're sitting at that table and she tosses the quarter or whatever into the little beer thing and she says it's easy as making a free throw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you see, that man, I'm telling you, Shaq, Shaq and Adam Sandler have a, uh, a some kind of, some kind of friendship. So, Adam, did you realize, though, that Dan Patrick's in that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dan Patrick is friends with Adam Sandler. Like, Adam Sandler loves these sports dudes. Like, yeah. Dan's in all of his movies. Yeah. Shaq's in a bunch of them. And also... Uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was in that one. Yeah. Also, the other... There's another one. Um, ah, the guy that was playing... He's a tennis player. He was a tennis player. And he does commentary sometimes. Not oh, commentary. McEnroe? Like, I think so. I think it's McEnroe. John McEnroe? I think so. He was a tennis player, but now he's like, he does uh, narrative stuff. Um, hey, I can't even think, but well, it probably is Tom McEnroe. Um, I just know he was a tennis player. But Adam Sandler has him in some of his movies. Adam Sandler's a big sports guy. Uh, I mean, he's good too. He's a, if you If you haven't seen clips of Adam Sandler... Playing basketball, I'm telling you, it's something to watch. He is really good. And he wanders around like he's, like a, I mean, rightfully so, a normal person, you know. You know, he goes out to the courts. He plays well, Adam, pickup games. Adam Sandler took his daughter to that IHOP. The wait was a little long, so they left, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody piled on that lady for not getting, said, that's Adam Sandler. She didn't know who he was. Yeah. Like, so you he came back. You, know? <laughs> you don't, but see, that's the thing you, about these about these famous people, you don't recognize them in public until unless you like really look at them. Well, because if you look at Adam Sandler, like just like the picture that they had of him from the security footage or whatever, he looks like he's a regular dad, you know, like yeah. on a Saturday morning walking down wanting some pancakes. Yeah. Well, also in the movies and on TV, they put on they have them on make you know makeup and stuff, uh, so you don't see them you know out in public like that. They actually yeah. have their natural face. He looks a little pale out in public. Like yeah. You, you see pictures of him and you go, oh, yeah. that's Adam Sandler. 
But I mean, you talking? We're talking about a guy who's arguably one of the best filmmakers and producers in in history, and he's loyal to his friends. You know, some of some of his movies always have the same people in them. Yeah, you know? he he's got his circle of people. Yeah. They're gonna be in the movie. He, he, but like like I said, he loves his sports. He's a sports guy, and uh, he's gonna keep Shaq, um, and Dan Patrick. You know, <laughs> and but that's that's what's so you know crazy and fun about sports is those guys they have they're more than just one they're one dimension you know yeah. Shaq Shaq is obviously comical you know <laughs> you know he's a clown I'm waiting for him to get Charles Barkley in the movie with him that'd be <laughs> yeah, they would have one segment how many rings you got Chuck how many rings you got <laughs> yeah and, but you know Dan Patrick you get to see how comical he's very comical as well if you ever listened to his show, I encourage you to. Uh, he has some very funny stuff on his show, but he's also a good sports. And also as well. promote our show when you're listening to his show. Yes. Uh, hey, and Adam Sandler, if you're listening, hook us up. We yeah, shout out to you, Adam. I like Adam Sandler. Like we'll movie. be backups in a movie. It's one. It's one of. It's one of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite actors is Adam Sandler. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Like he, um, he's a genuinely funny guy. Yeah. He's like. Uh, I think Kevin Hart could learn a lot from Adam Sandler. And I say that because Adam Sandler... No offense to you, Kevin. Yeah, no offense to Kevin, but I think he could. Because Adam was that funny guy, you know, he's known for being just funny. Yeah. But he's kind of transformed himself uh, into... Yeah, I can be the funny guy, but I also can play some serious roles. And we see that with Kevin here lately, where he has played more uh, serious roles. Uh, Fatherhood, that's out on Netflix. I Man, you should go watch that show. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, it, I, I think that's one of the best movies Kevin Hart has ever made. Um, be ready for if you to shed a tear or two because it is sad, but it's very, uh, very impacting. One of the best movies Kevin has made. But I want to see Kevin, uh, you know, kind of get more on the producing and writing side of things. I believe that he can do so. Um, and Kevin Hart's another sports guy. Uh, he was good in basketball. Uh, short as he was, short, yeah, short as he was, he was good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so these, like I say, these actors or or sports, um, these athletes, they have they're more than just you know athletes or actors. You know, they have different dimensions to themselves. So, um, yeah, shout out to Adam Adam Sandler and Shaq, you know, for uh, making uh, grown ups, grown ups too. Oh, he's also an. Blended. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's another Adam Sandler movie called Blended. Uh, with Drew, funny? Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it, Drew Barrymore. It's, it's, it's where Blended Family comes together. Uh, it's funny. I've been on a comedy kick here. Like, like yeah. I got only these kicks where I just won't watch a bunch of well, comedy. Yeah, well, you man, I'm telling you. See, that's why I. There's a lot of movies you haven't seen. I'm I'm glad you got to see Grown Ups. And they don't show grown ups too enough, man. I gotta, I gotta find that somewhere. But I, I've got it. It was a free deal on one of my. Ah, man. I but that's like I said. Adam Sandler outdoes himself, man. Um, just jam packed with comedy and you know laughs. And some of the people that are in his movies you never expect to be, you know, be able to play a funny role. Yeah, they just show up. And yeah, they're funny. But I guess he just brings that out of them, you know. Well, that's the NBA, the Warriors, we, and we kind of took a detour there. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we want to, we want to, we we have to kind of not stretch the show, but we gotta. Uh, I don't. 
the the jumping to one thing to another is like okay, what we got next? We got next, you know. Kind of, it's kind of. Well, that's what makes scripted. it good. But yeah, exactly. And we're not a scripted show. That's yeah, what no, makes not, our I'm show not, different. When I'm looking at this screen, I'm not reading off of anything. I probably couldn't see it to be honest. But <laughs> no, you would be like Josh used to be playing Madden. Yeah, Josh. Josh yeah, we got to bring Josh on the show. Oh, Josh is now. coming on the show. Yeah, because we're gonna have Josh on the show. Josh is. Josh still has not responded to my shot that I took. It's probably work. either he's asleep or he's at work. Well, either well, way. if he's at work, he would respond, but he's probably asleep. Man. Well, he needs to get up and respond to my it's little Josh. shot that I took at him. It's Josh. You know Josh, man. Josh is... Josh will sleep. They probably don't even believe us that Josh exists. Josh is real. Like, I'm telling you. He's a real guy. You'll meet... You, y'all will meet Josh one day. Um, but, yeah, man. This, this isn't scripted, but... Uh, Not at all. No. So back to Golden State, though, for just a second. Okay. Because, I mean, we talked about what they did last time. Yeah. But I, I, I want to take a minute to really look at them in totality. Okay. You go from one of the most... Well, no, no, no. You go from the most dominant team in the NBA over a five, six-year stretch. Right. Yeah, that was... Yeah. I mean, except for the one year where everybody was hurt. You know, Steph was hurt. Clay was hurt. Draymond was, you know, yeah, outside yeah, that yeah. one year, they went through like a six-year stretch where they were the most dominant team in the NBA. Right. And now, it doesn't shock us when they lose a game. Like used to, you'd be like, oh, Golden State lost. Like, what happened? Like, you know, what, what's going well, on? I, and now I, it's just okay. Like, I, we don't expect <laughs> that. I think that happened with. Them getting rid of Iguodala, and then KD, you know KD leaving, because KD those guys joining that team, kind of kind of just magnified it, you know it, it 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 put it on supercharge. And then when they left, it's like I believe that was the start of the uh, the downfall because you didn't really find anybody to replace KD after that. You didn't find anybody to replace uh, Iguodala. So you were just playing with what you had. At well, the... Iguodala just kind of solidified things because it gave you that other role player. But but KD, when he came on, it made it feel like this really is a super team. The fact that KD would leave to come to Golden State yes. kind of solidified them as they're that team that, that these superstars want to join. And then after that, you know, they still won or whatever, but, but you still got the sense that there wasn't anybody else that was wanting to to jump on that bandwagon like, for whatever reason, whether it be you know just the way that the media handled KD while he was over there, because that that was also the other thing. When LeBron went to Miami, he joined the Super Team. I mean, you know, he, he teamed up with Dwight Howard and Chris Bosh, and in my opinion, they don't get enough credit for those championships. But nobody discredited the championship that LeBron won. When KD went there, we all said, oh, well, KD's just picking off an easy championship. Yeah. And, and and you got the feeling that once that happened, and then, you know, there was the friction with him and Draymond, that all of the other quote-unquote superstars that might would have looked in that direction said, well, one, we're going to get ridiculed for going there, and two, we don't fit their brand of basketball. Like, we don't know how we would fit in with that. Well, you look at why KD got ridiculed is because... The Warriors had just swept them uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, the year before. And so that's why KD caught fire. 
and probably will forever catch fire about that. I don't think that'll ever leave him. But that's why he got fired. So to a point, I mean, because it's not like he's yeah. single handedly one. But you, you, you're right. Nobody, no one batted an eye about LeBron leaving Cleveland, who, whom he had been there for over a decade. Um. Oh, not even a decade. Let's see. LeBron came in in twenty. I mean, two thousand six. Left in. He was only there for six years. Yeah, he was only there for six years. Uh, six or seven seasons, and then he left to Miami. The only thing at that time, because I remember when that happening, is the only thing at that time is when that I had the issue I had with it is why did he have to do it. The way he did it, like the make an announcement. I like yeah the just, announcement where he had all. Uh, I was yeah. you know, I was like you know just say what you're gonna do and like go. This is unnecessary. And uh, the fact that he had made all those promises to Cleveland and uh, didn't fulfill them at that point. Yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, and then well he waited, uh, and then came back to Cleveland and won them a championship. Well. And nobody cared when he left the second time. Just no. Like, okay. But there's still love for LeBron in Cleveland. I think that second time, the the fans had, I guess, somewhat matured. And they weren't going to burn anything. They said, you yeah. know, it's not worth it. You know, he's going off to L.A. <laughs> they weren't going to burn yeah. LA. <laughs> Like, he's grown up. We've grown up. You know, we can let him go peacefully. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody said anything about that. You know, LeBron, he needs a super team to win. No, they saw that as entertainment. You know, this is going to look, this is going to be good. And it was for a minute. All of this thing, the same could be said of him. Yeah. That, I mean, he does need. He needs, but I've, I've, yeah, he needs, he needs well-established players around him. Are, you know, (laughs) it just seems that way. When you look at the track record, you know, it just seemed like he just needs well-established players around him, you know, uh, good players as well. But I, I said I didn't want to talk about him on this show today. But that's how powerful he is that he works him, his way into it. LeBron has spread himself all around the NBA. He, he really has. From but the east to the west. But if you're Golden State, what I and I've said this on the show. You got to hit the reset, right? Like I would I, think so. At, at some point, if I mean, because last night proved that you're not that team anymore. Yeah. Well, I would think so because if you're going to get rid of Draymond, you might as well. I mean, you, then you just have uh, Steph and Clay, and that's if Clay plays. Yeah, when Clay plays. Yeah, yeah, when he plays, if and when. <laughs> but. Um, I I don't know, man. I I say I agree. You know, hit that reset button, rethink some things. Well, Steph is still obviously your guy. Well, and talking about Draymond, he said yesterday on Stephen A. Smith's show, uh, No Mercy podcast, that he only wants to play for another four years after this season. I don't want to play basketball until I'm forty. That's good. I don't blame him, man. You have what three rings? Yeah, that's three rings. For, no, four. Yeah, four. So yeah, I don't blame him. But I mean, that kind of to me changes your thought processes because okay, we know Golden State's not going to keep him for another four years. No, I don't even see Clay being there for another four years. 
So therefore, yeah, it makes more sense the that the fitting thing to do what to rebuild. Uh, you have. But does Steph Curry want to be a part of a rebuild, or at that point, if you're Steph Curry, do you say, "Okay, let's see, I'll go here"? Now, I, I, you know, I don't know where you would go, but because Steph is your number one guy, I mean, he's the number one uh, guy on the team. So, if but he, if he doesn't want to be there, like if I'm Steph Curry, I'm not going through a rebuild. But not the, at that age, the the only. T- only place that Steph could go is a team that's doing the same thing. Is I mean, so if that's the case, you could either you could uh, stay there and go through the rebuild, or go to another team that's rebuilding, because, or you could go to Dallas, which I think should be open for business to anybody. But who wants to you play. don't want to do that. Why? Because you have. Do you realize what you just said? You're getting rid of Luka Doncic. You, I, I've said this before. You can't have two number ones. Steph is a number one. They're gonna keep Luke. I mean, Luca. It will look. It will be magical. Yes. No, I'm saying him go with Luca. You keep Luca. No, Luca. No, that's what I'm saying. You, that's not gonna happen. There's too much money. I, look at money Steph. aside. I'm just talking about. Oh, uh, you're talking. No, I'm uh, talking about hypothetical. But no, no, even from a, a money perspective, I mean, you're looking at the back end of Steph's deal. It's two number it's ones. It's Mark Cuban. He can pay as much as he wants to pay. I know what you mean, but it's two number ones. There's the league is full of them. Who? Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis isn't a number one. He could be. Could be, but he's not. Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, when they're both well, healthy. Brandon Ingram is a number isn't a number one either. Could be when he's healthy. But that's the only thing. I mean, the only way that they they'll, they'll be able to shine is if one isn't on the court. You don't. Well, you it would rather it be better if both of them were on what, the court. Yeah, but Luca and and Steph could work together. That could be a tandem. Like you watch that because you've got two different styles of basketball. It's not them trying to overpower each other. It's one complementing the other. Mm. Not really. Oh yeah! All Steph does is shoot. Exactly, and then that op- that could open up some lanes for Luca. Mm. I mean, it would it would get the inside unjammed because then you have to respect that they got a sure enough shooter. You put him and Tim Hardaway Jr. on the perimeter, and you've got to do something on the perimeter. Yeah, okay, but you do that, then we're talking about another super team. Okay, how long does it last? It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It, no, no, if you're Mark Cuban, you've got to win a championship at all costs with Luka. Like, you can't go the okay, next so you're three looking, or four years without so you, a championship. So, just one is enough, okay. For Dallas, yeah. Because Dallas is a team. Here's the thing. Dallas is a town, as far as the basketball team is concerned, that is okay with a championship every five, six, seven, eight years. You know, or whatever. See, this is what the NBA has become. This is what the NBA has become. You, know, you you see this? This is what the NBA has become: super teams. Solid. And you win a win. Yeah, go win a ring. Just win one but, ring. But it's because. But here's why. Here's why. Because the draft is not what it once was. You're not drafting a bunch of franchise players. There's one, maybe two, 
three tops that are really franchise players. Everybody else. Okay, well, it's it's, it's been like that for the longest. Because you think about it, even... But, but what I'm saying is now, though, teams are tired of it, so they're compensating by just paying a bunch of money the, to the, establish stars. Yeah, the last time there was a big draft like that, where you just had stars and star-studded, was when LeBron James... LeBron James, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Dwayne Wade, uh, and uh, Amari Stoudemire, those guys came out in the same year, and they dominated. Those were your those were your guys for the longest. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that it's been that long since we've had a true. Yeah, that was 2006. To, yeah, so it's been over ten years now. Yeah, what I and that's my point. Teams are tired of waiting. They're in win now, do whatever we got to do, pay whoever we got to pay, pay the luxury tax, and be done with it. That's yeah, what we're seeing. I, I, I get that, but I guess I'm more of a substantial guy. Like, I look for the long run, things that are sustained for in the long but run. Okay, but I agree. I, that's what I would prefer, but I think those days are over. And that's what makes sports. I think Golden State proves that. I, that and... I'll start with LeBron James, but that, it, but it, it just, it seems like okay if you're only in it to win one time, that's all that that satisfies your needs. Just all we need to do is win one. Okay, what about the ones you know, the players? Because then we'll see some real bad basketball. I agree, but that's why I mean you got your top end teams and you got everybody else. That's where we're. I, I, I agree. I don't like it, but I'm just saying that's the reality of the NBA. And last night, to me, solidified that with the way that goes. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. This is what, listen, this is why Boston are in the position that they're in right now because they don't have a superstar studded team. They're just playing ball. They figured it out with who they have, and they're playing ball. Yeah, but what are they going to do when all these rookie contracts are at? All <laughs> Think these about first, you know, the, these first keep winning. Well, no, they're not going to bring everybody back. That's the reality. No, okay, but not. you're but you're ta- okay. Okay, but you're talking about you say rookies. How many of them rookies? Well, well, play? I, I, rookie contract. Okay, because they've got several guys that are still on that first contract. They're still going to be winning. Able, but no, because they're not going to pay everybody. They'll be winning before the Nets, before Philly. I don't think so. No, they'll, they'll I think I now. very well think so. I, I think if they lose some of their key pieces to free agents, they will be winning before the Nets. Philly is a toss up. The they'll Nets be... may beat them this season. I, I'm not counting out the Nets to beat them in the playoffs. <sighs> they'll be winning before the Nets. You just don't want the Nets to win. I started to say I didn't want the Nets to yes. win. Yes. That's what I you're saying. You, no, you no, don't want the Nets. I, I'm saying realistically. Because and you, I'm saying realistically not, with the way they played the other we, night. I'm saying re- realistically about stemming from what we're talking about. We're talking about these star-studded teams. You got Kyrie and KD. How long would it last? It doesn't matter. If they win one championship out of the deal, it was worth it. These cities could care less about a sustained run. They just want a championship. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the new NBA. Nobody wants to sit around and watch bad basketball. You see what happened with the Lakers. Yeah, bad basketballs. Well, going to be star-studded. But they got their championship. How, that, listen, I, that I doesn't agree. even matter. 
But I, I agree, but I'm saying the majority of of the teams could care less. It's bad. It's bad. Well, that's, that's bad that's ownership. Getting, well, but I think that's why you're getting a diluted product on the court. Yeah. I don't agree with it. I don't think I will never agree with it. And I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's where we're yeah. at in the NBA. Some of these things. Nobody, because you keep, this thing, you, and, and nobody wants to keep watching bad basketball. You know, it's bad for your organization. And, and if you don't make any changes, you're going to lose fans. You ain't going to sell tickets. I, honestly, people would probably be coming to the games just for the theatrics of it. Not That's because, why they came to watch L.A. Yes, yeah, it's for the theatrics. You want to see the Staples Center? Let's go to Staples Center, man. Let's, let's experience L.A. Go to Staples Center. See the see the uh, cheerleaders dance and the halftime performance. Better than the main show on the court. So, if you don't fix it, that's what I mean. Going to basketball games will be just like a field trip. <laughs> it, won't, <laughs> it, it won't be... It'll be just to get out the house. Yeah. A field trip. Yeah. You get to go see all the nice things. You know. That's like going to AT&T Stadium. Now, AT&T Stadium, my first time there last year, it was like a field trip. You know, we went to see the state games and everything, but I'd never been to uh, AT&T Stadium. I've got to take you on one of those tours. Because I didn't yeah. realize you had never been. Yeah. I'd never, I've, I've been to the Star, you know, before... Uh, when Pittsburgh played Pleasant Grove there in the, uh, the, the quarterfinals. No, the regional finals. Uh, was it the regional or quarterfinals? Quarterfinals. It was a quarterfinal. Uh, no, it was the regional finals. Regional, yeah, regional. Regional finals. And um, I'd been there to the star. But I'd never been to AT&T Stadium. So first time I went, uh, yeah, last year, you know, it was my first time going. And it was amazing, you know? It, it was simply amazing. So, that's how it is. I mean, you go there and you watch a game. You know, I went there to watch the game. Went there to see Gilmer play China Springs. Um, for the most part, is the experience of it. That's how it's going to be going to the Lakers game. It's going to be for the experience of it. And just to see what the heck's inside the Staples Center. <laughs> you know, what does it look like on the inside? Because the team that's on the court ain't doing much, you know? True. The only and the only thing that'll make it worthwhile is you got close enough to see the players. Like you know, I got to see LeBron. Yeah, but if you're sitting up like third level, nosebleeds is just to see what the heck is in there. It's not for the experience. It's, I mean, it's not for the to see the Lakers play. You're just trying to get in there. Unless you're just a true diehard fan, you don't care where you sit. You sit, but. I think that whole segment was worth that right there. Yeah. To listen to you rip the Lakers. It's my team. I have a right to do that. <laughs> Nobody else can talk about the Lakers like this. I will defend them. You know. But Stephen A talks about the Lakers like that. Stephen A. <sighs> Max Kellerman, too. Max Kellerman is off his rocket. I mean, he's off his rockers, too. He thinks LeBron is better than Kobe. Well, Tell yeah, me he ain't no, crazy. He, he is. I remember when he said that. That was Stephen A. Is Stephen A. has a lot of point, a lot of good, you know, points. Of course, it's Stephen A. But it's like he lives to troll. Like, <laughs> well, that's where he makes his content. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, that he makes his living saying these 
blasphemous. Right. And well, and you watch Stephen A. off of the sports show. It's not the same Stephen A. It's not. It's a to- totally. He's more likable. <laughs> but on Wait, the, where have you seen office? Like show? they so there's a there's a uh they've had him on um it's a it's like a podcast show. Uh it's like retired football players. It's uh Danny uh Clark, the guy Ryan Clark uh-huh. is on it, and then it's another guy that played. I can't think about it, but it's retired football players. They made a show, Ryan Clark uh is on there and I can't remember what it's called now. But they had Stephen A. on there, and uh, Stephen A. on like outside the sports shows is like I say he's a different guy. And then you know, of course, his uh, show that he has, so he's a different guy. Not but, saying all these blasphemous. No, things. no, he, like I said, he's more likable. But <laughs> on sports, man, you know it's. Oh, excuse me. Especially if he's ripping your team, you want to turn him off. You know, they don't want to hear that. Right? He's trolling. He loves to troll the Cowboys. For what? Okay. Why is it? Because I noticed this. Real quick. I noticed this. Sunday, you know, not Sunday, Monday, Cowboys won. It seems like every NFL fan, regardless of who their teams were or are, was waiting for the Cowboys to play so they could say th- something about the Cowboys. So, you know... Well, and, and we're going to do the same thing Monday. Everybody's going to have an opinion yeah, on the Cowboys. But this is the thing. It's not just that. It's the fact that when we as Cowboys fans celebrate our win, everybody starts hating. It's like we can't... We can't enjoy when the Cowboys win because it, it's it's haters out there. Well, y'all only won because da-da, A, B, and C. And that wouldn't happen. It ain't going to happen again. Can we enjoy our win? Like, can we enjoy? Some- but that, but it's because it's the Dallas Cowboys. They get all of the attention, and and for years, yeah. you know, people have hated that. And it doesn't help that Jerry Jones is the owner. I, I, I don't care. I don't give a hill of beans who the owner is. Let me enjoy my win. But see, we pay. Okay, Cowboys fans pay. We pay for, for the sins of the NFL. Yeah, for, for the sins of Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, but the I mean, thing, all the things that he's done over the years, all the things he says, people they don't just the Cowboys. Yeah, we just want to celebrate our team. We we want to enjoy the win that they have. You know, just let us do that without everybody. And this is what I call them: uh, in the closet Cowboy fans. You know, they watch the Cowboys and know more about the Cowboys than they do their own team. I don't even think they like their own. I don't even think they like their team. To be honest, I think they, <laughs> they just, just watch like them the past, yeah, the yeah. past time. To the Cowboys play. <laughs> to the Cowboys play. And then they come out the woodworks and they know all the stats. They know all the wins, the records, the Super Bowls, all this, the players. Well, okay, I will say this too. I, I don't think it helps that every year it's, oh, this is our year for the Cowboys. We haven't and done then, that and this then, year. And then, well, I'm just saying in general. And then people see the collapses, like in the playoffs. But people, so. people are. They're taking what was being said 10 years ago and they're still applying it to this. Okay, last year, everybody, everybody, national media, regional media, local media, everybody was, oh, this is the year of the Cowboys. Yeah. And then they crap it away in the first game. So I think that that's why people like to, see, see. Okay, but don't. Cowboys. Don't nobody do that to their teams? 
Well, because it's not the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, because the teams are irrelevant. It's not our fault that your team is irrelevant. Irrelevant. That's that. Well, okay, but you... <laughs> Go be with your Cow- irrelevant team. The Cowboys <laughs> were America's team, though. Yeah, and they're haters. It's not our fault that we're con- the Cowboys are constantly talked about. Your team's irrelevant. Honestly, who would talk about San Francisco if they weren't winning? People in California. Exactly. Well, but Cowboys okay, win, lose, that, everybody. That's the problem. The majority of the NFL is regional, but the Cowboys are national. Exactly. So, like I said, irrelevancy is stuck with your team. It's not our faults. Hate on us all you want. Win, lose, you're going to watch us. All you're doing is making the Cowboys money. Now, how does that make you feel? <laughs> how does that make you feel? Cause you listen, you talk about them all the time. How does it make you feel? You're making them more money by by talking about them. So let us enjoy our win, our moments, and y'all go ahead and be with your irrelevant teams. That's all I'm asking. Let us enjoy it. You know, go ahead and be with your irrelevant teams. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that you've called, I'm off my of the- I'm off my soapbox. I just had to get that out there nationally. You know, it's out there because I. I felt a certain way Monday after, you know, scrolling through social media and seeing all this. Well, you might want to get back on your soapbox because Vegas has changed their odds. About? The Cowboys game. They now have less confidence in the Cowboys. Okay. You it's, know, gone from not... mi- it's gone from a minus three and a half game to a minus four. Probably because everybody is assuming that there's going to be controversy with whether or not they're going to kick the ball. Okay, so here's a pretty stat for you, okay? Uh, yesterday, you know, they brought in a new kicker, right? Yeah, Maher went 6 for 6. Yes. Vizcayano went 3, three for, for 5. 3 for 5. win. Against the win. Okay, but what happens... Oh, here, here's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm, I think they're going to run him out there. Kickers are so finicky. Like, if one thing goes wrong, and and, and this is just from a... I'm going to let y'all into the coach's office for a minute. Kickers are so finicky that if one thing goes wrong, like in their routine, in their... I mean, the way that they step, the way that they, you know, can, can kick the ball on this side or that side by a half inch, it's over. Forget it. And after they miss that first one, it's an uphill battle. Like they, they, especially with the extra points. Field goals are a little bit different because field goals, you know, you're competing with what hash are you kicking from. You're competing with distance and all that. You know, it's not a guaranteed chip shot. Extra points, everybody assumes, is a chip shot. 
And so when you miss that in front of a stadium full of people, high school, college, NFL, I don't care. It's a, it's, it's a middle thing. And then you're trying to coach them up of, uh, you know, hey, you're fine, go out there. And then they miss another one? Yeah, it's over. And that was what what we saw with Maher is it, it just piled on. And then he tried to make the adjustment because he had missed to the right, so he put, shanks it to the left. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, he got it together with that last one. I guess he has sat Ish. on the... I mean, we say he got it together, but we don't know. Well, yeah, well he made it. That, that's, that, that, that's what I'm saying. I will be interested to see what they do after that first possession. If he goes out there and misses, then what? Like, and that's what nobody's answered. That nobody's asked that question. Like, there's been questions about whether or not he's going to be the kicker this but, week. But how about this? The Cowboys look up, and they're going to be playing on grass. They've played on Grassfield for the last five weeks now. Yeah. You know, they started out in, uh, was it, uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. The, no, Jack, Jacksonville. They started out in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's turf. No, no, it's, it's grass. Well, I'm thinking about, uh, Jaguar. Jack, uh, no, I was thinking about, is it the Dolphins that play on turf? No, one Dolphins. of the Florida, one of the Florida teams plays on turf. Probably is Dolphins. I think it's Miami. Miami's got turf. Yeah, my, it's Miami. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you start out in ja- in Jacksonville, you know, then you go on Tennessee, and then uh, then Washington, and then last week uh, Tampa. This week is going to be San Fran, and so I just want to know what was the difference because he's kicked on grass fields these last four weeks, and he's going to be kicking on another one this week. So the question was during the game, you know, is it the grass? Is it the uh? The holder, no, I so, think. So if you watched it, he normally kicks with a slight tilt to his foot. He wants to kick it just about here. When they zoomed in those first two misses, I, I didn't get to see the uh, zoomed in version of the or footage of the third. But the first two, he kicked it straight on. When he's t- kicking with the front of his foot, when you kick a football with the front of your foot, you're gonna get a, a natural push. And so whatever whatever way your leg fires off when it kicks, whether it's to the left or to the right, but when you kick something straight ahead, your leg's going to go one way or the other. It's not going straight. So when you kick the ball with the, the very front of your toe that's like worse. that, that's where you're going to get that little push. And there's a few guys back in the day that could do that, that they could just... But you, it's a whole different wind-up. It's a whole different approach. But for his kind of approach, you want it kind of on that front little quarter of an inch on that toe, and he he didn't get that. So it, wonder, it was more of a mechanical. Yeah, I wonder if it was you know if he kind of changed his stance there, look, you know. It looked like it, especially that second time, because he backed up, he came up, he backed up, and it certainly looked looked that way the second time. But then after that, like I said, after the second miss, it, it it just becomes a mental thing. Like it doesn't matter what you do physically. You're probably not gonna make it because yeah. you're you're thinking I can't miss this. I think what happened. He had a lot on that last one. He had a lot of time to think on that sideline and practice. Oh yeah. So next time I'm I'm gonna nail it. By golly. <laughs> yeah. If I gotta throw my whole leg out there with it, I'm gonna nail it. But um, yeah. I mean, it, it you it's just something you're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see and uh, but. I, 
I don't know. I'm I'm a, probably I'm not gonna say I'm a lot more confident. I'm a little bit more confident in Maher than the new kicker. Cause I haven't seen the new kicker. I mean, I'm not confident in either one of them. I think you can go for two. Yeah, but you go for two against that uh, San Francisco defense. Well, I think okay. I think it depends on how you score. Like if you're able to come out there and run the ball down their throat. Then I think you go for two. If it, if it's that you had to carve them up, you know, in, in the secondary, then no, probably not because you don't want everything getting cluttered there at the goal line. Yeah. I, so I think that plays a role in in what you would do. But too. you see, guys, this is why I talk about. This is why I say you need a fullback. Get that eye set. Nobody, but this thing, fullbacks don't need. Nobody use fullback. Yes, they do. San Fran use one. They use one. And where are you out with it? Yeah. The Rams, will, the Rams will use one. So, I mean, fullbacks do exist. They they are still usable. They're still relevant in the NFL. It's just everybody plans on and wants to do nowadays. And so, I, I don't know. We, it's a watch and see kind of thing. We just got to wait, watch, and see. So, let's hope he gets it together. So, updated odds, too, for, for some of the other games. We haven't really broke down the uh, Kansas City game or the, the Bengals game, which we're going to do here in a minute. But for the other game that we broke down was Philadelphia. Uh, that line has now moved to minus 7.5 over the uh, Giants. So, it's saying they're going to beat the Giants. Yeah, by 7.5. They're giving the Giants 7.5 points. Okay. I'm not sold on that, by the way. Maybe. Like, I think that that, that could be a... A good. Uh, I'm saying by if if they beat the Giants, beat. it could be by three. I'm going three. You going three? I'm going. We're three. gonna make our picks here in a minute. Okay. So, but yeah, I I think that that's a deceiving line there. Because I, I think you're looking at that and going, okay, they should, but but I think that you're not taking some things into because, consideration. Yeah, well, because it's the main thing that's been taken into consideration this this week uh, since they played is that. The last time they met up with Philly, they didn't have their starters and they almost beat them. And so this time they're going to have a full team with their starters and some. And it's a possibility that they could beat them. I mean, you just, I think people are looking at the strength of what Philly has done throughout the season and saying it's not going to happen. Rather than looking at where the Giants are now. Now, like I said, if they lose, who knows? I mean, it could end up like it was Cowboys and Tampa game, you know, it was a complete, it'd be a complete blowout, maybe, but you have to, you have to factor in, uh, Jalen Hurts' shoulder isn't a hundred percent, right? And you have to factor in that the the, uh, the Giants will be having their starters. That means they're going to be using Saquon and Danny Dimes, along with Darius Slayton and that and that tight end that they have. Uh, they have their full offensive line. The offensive set, and then their full defensive set with Thibodeau and Jalen Smith. But see, I, I think too we have this love affair with Jalen Hurts, where we expect him to be, you know, that guy. Yeah. And and for spurts of the season, we've seen that. Now, you know, he had the injury, and so there's some question. But I think that that's why everybody just piles on and says, "Well, the Eagles should win because they've got Jalen Hurts. He he should be that guy." Right. You know, he should be able to, to carve you up and make you, you know, account for him and then open up some lanes for his receivers there on the back end of a play. And so I think 
that that's why they get like the benefit of the doubt. This weekend, you know, minus seven and a half, despite the fact his shoulder, you know, there's some questions there. It's just the fact that we expect greatness. And then you look at, you know, that receiving corner, you go, okay, you know, they've got some speed on that offense. They've got the ability to, to kind of jump on you and get after it. But I think that we give them some leeway because of Jalen Hurts. That there's this love affair that everybody wants Jalen Hurts to finally be that guy. You know, step into his own. There there was talks and, and still are to, to a point, you know, of him and the MVP. You know, does he win the MVP award? And I think that that's what we've wanted for so long. That's what we've expected. We've been waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of finally starting to come to fruition. I think everybody just wants it so bad. From a media perspective, just from that well, angle, I, he probably very, very much probably will get the MVP award. But after the season he's had, I mean, I guess he 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 deserves it. I understand that, but you're right. There is a love affair because we we got the sense that you know the Eagles weren't. You know, when at the beginning of the season when he made the statement, he made he said, "Okay, the Eagles, you know, they're coming to you know play. They're not coming to play games to play yeah. around. You know, they're coming to do some some damage, and they have. They they have proved to everybody we are for real. You know that one Super Bowl was not a one and done. You know, the Eagles are for real. Uh, and so you have to give them their props, but at the same time, the Eagles out of everybody in the out of everybody, along with the Cowboys, are a beatable team. Um, yeah, I think early on we gave them too much credit. Yeah, they're a beatable team. It, even with Jalen Hurts, I mean, they're beatable. You you have to be able to look at the ends and the outs of it. And the ends of it is that, they yes, they do have A.J. Brown along with Devin, uh, Devontae Smith. Or is it Devontae or Devin Smith? Devin Devontae. Smith. Yeah. You have them, and then you have uh, Samuels uh, in, in your backfield. You have an offense, okay? You have Goddard as your tight end. You have an offense, yes. But you match up with the right defense, and you've got yourself a ball game. Now, I'm not too sold on the Giants. Uh, well, I'm not going to say I'm not too sold on their corners, on their secondary, because they did shut Justin Jefferson down along with Adam Thielen. And you know, and of course you have different quarterback and uh Kurt Kurt Cousins. Kurt D. Cousins. Yeah, and so you do you play your best game against them. I mean, they are an uh, for all it's worth, they are a good offense. They're an explosive offense, uh, you know, but you play your best game against them. Uh, and and in my eyes, other than the quarterback position, the Eagles have a similar offense. But see, I think that's where people are, are getting off on it because they're looking at everybody felt like Minnesota was a fraud. Right. And so when when you know the Giants beat them, it was, well, you just exposed them for what they were. And I, I don't think that they're getting enough credit for that win yeah. coming into this, this weekend. Yeah, because it's the same type of offense. You have it's a majority of the time it's a throwing offense. You may use some stuff up to uh, 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 now the big the difference sides. is well, and the big difference is that you've got more designed quarterback runs. Exactly. Well, and because when that's he's why healthy, I, yeah. 
But that's what well, I said. The only difference between those teams are the quarterback position. Yeah. But the 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 Vikings aren't a run up the middle type of team. They're not between the tackles. They're outside, you know, side yeah. to outside, outside line. And same with the Eagles. They don't run up the middle with uh, Samuels. They sideline, sideline. Everything's very zone with them. Right. And so, and it's the same with uh, it's the same with uh, San Francisco. It's from here to there. It's never between the tackles. Matter of fact, the only team in the playoffs as of right now that are up the uh, between the tackles are the Cowboys. Yeah, that may not last if Zeke can't get it going. Yeah. He's your between the tackles running back. Right. Um, But that's why I said they should use Malik Davis because he's your more versatile. He can do sideline or sideline, or he can do up the middle. He's just that type of running back. He can – and. But that just shows, you know, that's a different, you know, conversation about Zeke. But, yes, the Cowboys are the only team that are, regardless, that will run the ball between the tackles. Everybody else is zoned. They're out, you know, sideline to sideline. You know, they have stuff out in space. Um, So that's why I think it'll be interesting if the Giants, because they can run between the tackles with, with Saquon, you know, if they so choose. But... Here lately, they haven't. They've run more screen passes out to the side with them uh, and some stuff up the middle. Uh, but it's been mostly just get him out in space because he's just, he's elusive and he's, you know, fast. Once he's in the open, you ain't catching him. Hmm. Uh, but that's the thing about it is, you know, if the Eagles are able to, were able to stop Minnesota, the only thing that Eagles should worry about is getting their offense moving against that Eagles defense. Uh, but their defense being able to stop the uh, Eagles should not be that much of a difficulty. I, I don't see it. I I, I mean, I, I think it's going to come down to how healthy is Jalen, like how how reliable is he going to be? Yeah, and what well, can Danny Times keep throwing time? Yeah, I mean, you know, stay calm, do what you got to well, do. Jalen Hurts and the other Jalen on the other side of the line have a favorable relationship. Jalen Smith. Yeah. You know, Jalen Smith, is he can run sideline to sideline with you. He's just as fast and can hit just as hard. So, that's the danger you're talking about right there. Right, yeah. Because there was instances when he played with the Cowboys and they met up with the Eagles. That he would just He would chase them down and lay them out. And he's one of the few guys in the league that can run, you know, Jalen Hurts down. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, uh, other than Michael Parsons, you know. But that's the thing is that you have linebackers like that. And that's what Jalen, I mean, if the Eagles want to be successful, you got to be, you got to be careful because they're going to put Jalen Smith is going to be that spy yeah. on Hurts all game. You know, and he may just be in his face a lot too. depends on how they use him. But they're going to use him as a spy. It's going to be Jalen Hurts and Jalen Smith all day. You know, I, I don't see anything changing on that on that on that subject. So I think the Eagles have a very good chance at uh, going into Philly and winning and, and beating them. Uh, I, I know, like you, fan crowd and all this, the atmosphere has a lot to do with the game. But if you just want to talk about just the play. I think they have a, a steady chance to uh, go in and get a win. 
you just have to factor everything together and see what teams actually have and what they don't have. Yeah, that's why I thought that that seven and a half line's a little bit deceiving, but we'll we'll get our answer here in a couple days. Yeah. Well, a magical run that's probably going to come to an end this weekend is the Jag uh, the Jaguars playing with house money. You did what nobody expects you to do. They got, uh, but it probably comes to an end this weekend against Kansas City. They've got Kansas City at minus eight and a half uh, going into the game. Hmm. That's a little bit less than what I expect, to be honest. Well, yeah, and, and me too. But I think a lot of it comes down to the point that, or, or comes down to the fact that. Trevor Lawrence just has that sense about him. And the game is on Saturday, by the way, and Trevor Lawrence has yet to lose on a Saturday. But there's something about Trevor Lawrence that you look at him and you go, they're never out of a ball game. Like, you, you just feel like he could go and get the football and win. Mm-hmm. Not that he's that kind of quarterback in the sense of, you know, Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes or even a Joe Burrow, but there's something about him that he... You just don't expect him to lose. You expect him to find a way to make some some sort of magic happen, and they're going to win the ball game. And I think that's why you know they've kept a little close uh, this week as far as yeah. the line is concerned. I understand it because I've been saying the same thing for like the last two weeks with him, or a few weeks actually. Is that he's gotten it figured out. You know, and he's not a quarterback that you want to play with once he has it figured out because, I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence. One Doug Peterson's putting him in favorable sets. Yeah, it's Doug Peterson who who famously won the Super Bowl with the Eagles uh, back in 2017, 2018, I think. Uh, One of the two. But, yes, you can't play with that man. You have to put some respect on his name and take him for who he is. Um, But how... Ever as good as he will play, I don't see him doing that to Kansas City's defense. Um, no, they they really tighten it up over yeah. the last couple of years. And and uh, he he is that guy where you know you can trust that if the ball is in his hands, he's going to make something happen. Yeah, and this like I said, it's a fair, but I just don't see him doing that against Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's defense has tightened up. Um, they've they never really lacked in anything. No, but they've never been that dominant deep. Like it was no. just always they're gonna win because they're gonna outscore you. Now you get the sense they may stop you. Yeah. Well, when they so their first championship, they had a very dominant defense. Yeah. That first their first Super Bowl, that second Super Bowl. What was it? Was it two Super Bowls? Right. Yeah. That second Super Bowl, they weren't as dominant, you know, but they they held teams to you know, enough to where they could come back and win. You yeah, know? they uh, they gave Patrick Mahomes a the chance, chance. Yeah, a chance to come. Again. Yeah, this year they it, got exposed against Tampa. yeah against Tampa, and but this year, you know, you get like I said, that defense, all that Travis Lawrence could do, I don't see him doing against the. The Chiefs. And it's still Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah. you've got to stop that guy. I think that we've kind of grown stale with Mahomes. Like, it's what? old news. Like, you know, for, for a while there, it was, oh, he's doing this in, in, in incredible thing. Now it's just, okay, well, he's doing what he always does. Well, it's because he's actually playing quarterback now. You know, it's just like I said at the, uh, at the beginning of the season. I said, you know, 
he's actually going to have actually has to play quarterback. He's going to have to. You know, the the their game is you know slowed down since they got rid of Tyreek Hill and all those other guys. You know, they the game is slowed down. Um, so you have to you have to look at it and see see it from that angle. He's not running around. He's you know doing all the fancy stuff, you know all that stuff anymore. He's just simply in the pocket, you know. Yeah, it's not the Texas out. Tech backyard football. I'm gonna no. point here and point he's there. A, he's a quarterback now, yeah. so there's not any one of those flashy plays to be highlighted and uh, put on ESPN the next day, you know. And so his running backs are getting a lot more looks, uh, um. More looks than he is, actually. Yeah. But you have those two running backs. You have, uh, e, uh, is it Eclair? Yeah, Eclair. Then you have, I don't know what that number 10 is. But you have those two. Then you have Juju Smith-Schuster. Along with uh, Travis Kelsey. And I forget, I forget the other receiver on the other side. But you have receivers. You have a full team now. So you're not just looking to, you know, just throw it up there and, and you know somebody's down there that has it. That's, you know. Like Tyreek. Tyreek, Sammy Watkins, and all those guys. <laughs> that, but, yeah, he's having to be a quarterback now. So you're not, we're not seeing that, that flashiness like that anymore. But. But we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's an interesting matchup between him and Trevor Lawrence. See how that turns out. Yeah. Playoff game. Like, you know, if you're Jacksonville, just enjoy the ride. Like, you weren't expected to be here. You win a playoff game, shock the Chargers, and here you are. Yeah, but you say that, enjoy the ride, you know, but <laughs> those usually are the teams that win. They that win. Teams that are out there having fun win more likely than the teams that are well, out there. This yeah, because they don't feel the pressure. That, yeah. I, and I think that's what makes this – matchup interesting is the Jaguars know they're not supposed to be here. Yeah. Kansas City on the other hand knows that if they're not there, people are getting fired. Like, that's it. Right. right. But, yeah. The teams that are out there just, you know, having fun with it and just playing most likely will win. That's what that, the Giants the, did. Yeah, that's the dangerous thing. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, the other matchup is the now infamous Bengals-Bills matchup. Bills picked by minus five and a half. And now it's it's being reported that there was some talk, I want to make sure that I quote this correctly, about a neutral site. So this is according to uh, Troy Vincent. Uh, and this was reported by Michael David Smith of Pro Football Talk. Um... Let's see. After the NFL canceled the regular season game between the Bills and Bengals following Demar Hamlin's medical emergency, concessions were made that potentially helped the Ravens and the Bills. For the Ravens, they were told that if they finished a half game behind the Bengals in the standings and then faced the Bengals in the wild card round of the playoffs, a coin toss would determine whether that game would be played in Baltimore or Cincinnati. The thing was that the Bengals might have lost that Bills game, and if so, that would have deprived the Ravens of home field advantage against the Bengals in the playoffs, so it was only fair to accommodate the Ravens. Uh, it wound up not mattering. For Buffalo, they're going to get an AFC Championship game on a neutral field rather than having to go to Kansas City if it comes down to the Chiefs and Bills. 
The thing was that the Bills might have won that game against the Bengals, and if they had, they would have earned home field advantage ahead of the Chiefs, so it was only fair to accommodate them. But no accommodation has been made for the Bengals. The game this weekend is being played in Buffalo. So Troy Vincent, the NFL's executive vice president of football operations, says that there was some discussion, but membership thought it was best for only the championship game to be at a neutral site. So here, here's my thing. And this is going to catch some heat. Why were all of the accommodations made in support of the Buffalo Bills following that Monday night football game? I have, a, I have a severe problem. I don't know why you would ask that question. You know well, why. Well, I know why, but I'm saying I have a problem with it. Because this is a business. All respect to DeMar Hamlin. But this is football. This is about winning and losing. And at the end of the day, you've got to do what's best for the business. Not the PR, not the not what's best for the Buffalo Bills. The Bengals are getting messed around with, and the NFL is trying to save face and placate the Buffalo Bills, even to the point now that you're going to deprive the Kansas City Chiefs of all teams of a home playoff uh, 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 AFC yeah, championship I'm, I'm, game I'm, I'm, I'm because you can't handle... Your business. No. You, 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 I'm telling you, you know exactly why. It's too much like the NFL nowadays. They ain't going to do that. They're all about public relations. Well, I agree. But I'm just saying I have a problem with it. Yeah, well, and it's going to... And here's Bills the thing. by five and a half, by the yeah. way. But here's the thing. Is... With the NFL being like this, it's never going to be the same again. It's not. Because they're going to continue to make it look pretty. They're going to dress it up. Well, this happened, so we're going to accommodate, you know, this. I get it. It was a traumatic moment for everybody, even those that were watching. But let's move on with the game. Let's move on with the... Well, it goes back to what I said that week. It should have been a forfeit. Yeah, it should have, but... It never should have come down to these winning percentages and, and all of that mess. That was ridiculous. Well, and the NFL are so... They're hesitant on the right, on doing the right thing, and but they're not. Well, they on, didn't make a decision for what four days. They wanted to see what all the talk shows. That's the well, problem. They the weren't they even the, see what everybody else has to They say. weren't even the ones that left. They canceled the game the in the first place. They initially decided to cancel the game when it happened. The Bills and the the Bills and the Bengals did. The coaches came. They came yeah. together and said, "Yeah, we're not going to play." The NFL wouldn't. Do it. That's what was going on. That's why that wait was so long, if you didn't know, is that the NFL was waiting. And the Bills and the Bengals just went ahead and said, we're not going to play. And they canceled the game. The NFL didn't cancel that game. The NFL, NFL panicked. Yeah. They didn't know what to do. The NFL didn't cancel it till, like you said, four days later uh, and decided what to do on that. Do about it. But... Man, they're not... They wait... Here's the problem. Roger Goodell always waits for national reaction. Like, he wants to see what everybody else is going to say before he makes a move. Yeah. But on, in this situation, you've got another instance where the Bills were placated. <laughs> I 
I, I don't I don't I don't agree with it, but like I said, it's to make them look pretty. It's to it's to make not them, but it's so to by make their it. calculations, the Bengals never had a chance to host a, a playoff game. No, because of the way that it came down, the the Bengals lost all hope of hosting a playoff game based off of the scenarios that they're revealing were were put out. There. Yeah, because then they'll play Kansas City. But then that won't, yeah, they won't ever. But yeah, they're either going on the road to, against Kansas City or the Bills are going to play Kansas City at neutral side. Yeah. When this game could have been in Cincinnati. Like, had if, they, if the, yeah, had yeah, they forfeited. Had yeah. they forfeited or if they have completed the game and Cincinnati wins the game this weekend's in Cincinnati. That's ridiculous. Like, I saw that and I thought, do what? I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I know that there was no right answer to this. But at some point, you got to go back to the business of playing football. Like, you got to stop trying to be the, you know, face of a social movement. I mean, you, you just got to play football. You're right. And I agree with you, but like I said, it's the NFL. They ain't gonna do it. Speaking of Demar Hamlin, by the way, who was in—I mean—at the crux of all this, of course, we don't want to forget about him. So th- there's kind of been this misconception that because he's been showing up at the facility, it's kind of been reported by some of the media that oh, he's gonna play football next year. So the well, I fam- said the same thing. Well, but the family's pumping the brakes on that. Uh uh, the the doctors have come out now and said he faces a very long recovery after he suffered the cardiac arrest. Uh, he has no signs of neurological damage, and then this is what a spokesperson said. Despite being out of the hospital, DeMar still has a lengthy recovery. He still requires oxygen and is having his heart monitored regularly. He has visited with the team a few times, but he still gets winded very easily. He's upbeat and positive and ready to continue to overcome this. Uh, Sean McDermott said he's taking baby steps at a time and dipping his toe back in here. So they're, they're starting to kind of, because he, I, after you said that, I did, and everybody was kind of reporting that, hey, he's going to play, and it was kind of this foregone, seemed to be a foregone conclusion that he'll be back. And then they came out yesterday and said, we're well, not even yeah, well, discussing football. I, that, I say he's going to play. I, I even say he's gonna, he may play next year. But I knew that there were, you know, of course, no neuro, neurological damage or issues. That was a big step. Yeah, that's the big part of it. But I knew, you know, with his heart, there would be some, you know, issues. There will be some slower uh, tickings to get it back up yeah. and going, you know, health, you know, in a healthy way. Um. So I knew that part. How long I knew it was going to take, I didn't know. That so I was saying, you know, if he keeps going and he keeps, you know, uh, rehabbing and you know doing what he should be doing to get back. Uh, yeah, I was saying it's going to be this next season. But for him, I think it's just a matter of just getting health. Whether he ever plays football or just not, getting healthy again. Getting healthy again. And if you're the NFL, do you really want him back out there? 
Well, okay. Well, here's the here's the deal. Uh, if he's healthy enough, uh, I, oh, I'm not even gonna say healthy enough. If he's healthy, you know, there's no and his heart is back healthy and everything because that seems to be the main thing: his heart and his lungs. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the big question: is does his heart ever get healthy enough to go through the strain of a game? You know, like yeah. pushing yourself for forty eight minutes. Yeah. Um. And that's that's the big question. But if it is healthy, you know, and then, uh, then you, I mean, you could expect it unless you know he wants to respect his family's wishes. And you know, I don't know if they'll really stop him from playing. Yeah, nobody's ever. I mean, nobody's come out and said one way or yeah. the other as far as playing football. But I, I, I think he'd be back. I would, I would think so. Um. But like you said, if it's just going to be a lengthy road and uh, of recovery, then you you just have to. I, I would want him to take baby steps. I would want him to come back. You know, uh, of course, it's probably hard. You know, because you know you love the game so much and you want to be out there with your friends and your guys and uh, playing the game and and feeling the atmosphere, being in the atmosphere. Um, you know, it's hard. But when with this issue. Uh, you just have to take, take baby steps. And as far as the NFL, if the NFL wants him out there, I mean, this could literally happen to any one of those players out there. Yeah. Uh, because it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't like, you know, something that happens every game or every game. This is something that happens once in a yeah. blue moon. I mean, and they, the other side of this as far as whether or not he plays football too, for me, is that the doctors are still investigating why. They still haven't come out and said why it happened. Like, they, you know, they're still running tests on him to see if it's something with him or if it was just one of those things. Well, they said, remember I told you what, what they said it was. It was, it was his, so, your heartbeat, there's a, there's oh, a period. You're talking about the, the report with the hit? Yeah. Okay, there was another doctor that came out and said that that was released prematurely. So but they didn't mean that, like that they that was a uh, on the table. But another doctor at the hospital said that his team did not was not ready to say that that's what caused it. That they were still going to run another test. So I mean that I think that's the thing is that there's two teams apparently looking at this case. What what uh, that's because at this point if they haven't figured something out then something's wrong with them. Not yeah. him, because this is, I mean... This, I, I, when I read that, I remember you saying that they came yeah. out and said it was the, well, the hit that stopped the electricity in his body, basically. Yeah. And they, and there's one team that is saying, yes, that's what we believe it was. I, I guess that's the initial medical team. There is another team that has been studying this on behalf of... I, I, I take it on behalf of the family that says that they're not ready to come out with a conclusive reasoning as to why he suffered a heart attack. The, I get that, but sometimes you want to dig too deep because it's it's a situation that seems it seems like it's you know how how could it happen, and you want to dig deeper than what's necessary, and when you look at it, if he had any kind of heart conditions, he wouldn't have been playing in the first place. You wouldn't think, yeah, yeah. but. Even, uh, but, even J.J. Watt 
at the time, one, at one time was getting having have his heart shocked. Yeah, know? earlier this year. Yeah, and so he shouldn't have been playing. But if you you would think if if he had any kind of heart condition, you would know it by now, and he wouldn't have been playing to begin with. I mean, heart conditions just don't happen overnight. Yeah, there there are defects that it right that occur. It, it just on. don't just don't happen overnight. And so you would know if he's if he's going through physicals to correct, you know, like he's supposed to, checkups and all this stuff. You wouldn't know, and he wouldn't be playing. So I think sometimes, as family, you dig deeper than what's to try and find a reasoning because it just doesn't seem right with what reasoning somebody else may say. Because yeah. it doesn't sound right. What you mean? It doesn't like. How does that happen? You it hits the exact second that you know your well, heart it makes rests. sense to me because I've seen you know kids in baseball get hit with exactly. a baseball. It it made sense to me. But now, you know, with them coming out, I, I, so I, I think at this point, as far as just DeMar Hamlin as a person is concerned, we, we've got to be just thankful and you know, praise God that he's playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or, or not playing, but that, that, that he's alive. And if he plays football again, that's a bonus. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's the, the best way to kind of approach him. Uh, so a, a quarterback that has kind of been on the periphery of the news, but not in the news, is Trey Lance of the 49ers. So the Tennessee Titans have hired uh, the, a couple of days ago. They hired 49ers executive Rand Carthen uh, to succeed John Robinson as their general manager. Immediately after the hiring was reported, Trey Lance posted a cryptic message to his Instagram story attaching three fingers crossed emojis to a picture of Carthen. So it seems that maybe he was trying to indicate that he wants to go elsewhere. Is how that's kind of being taken by the organization, uh, and that there are now rumblings that he could possibly be on the move. And what a disaster that would be for San Francisco, and especially Kyle Shanahan, who may I remind you pushed so hard to trade up in the draft to draft Trey Lance because Trey Lance was supposed to be the savior of that offense and caused them to be a quote unquote Kyle Shanahan up tempo offense. So I, 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 that would be just a disaster. I have no other word for that other than that would be terrible. Like if that, if there's any truth to that, and he really wants out, you disrespected Jimmy G. Now you're stuck with Brock Purdy. You're gonna assume that Jimmy G's not gonna be a backup, so he would go elsewhere. So now yeah. what are you gonna do? Who backs up Brock Purdy? But at this point, it's not. It's nobody's fault. Why is he wanting out? It's nobody's fault. You got hurt. What were they supposed to do? They had to move on. But you get the sense that he's looking, saying, I don't have a seat at the table. Like, I'm not going to get a chance to win my job back. And Trey Lance is not a guy who wants to sit on the bench. Like, he doesn't want to be a backup. He made that clear from day one. He does not want to be a backup. But what if he's always backup material? Then what? Well, he may be. But you drafted him like he's a franchise quarterback. That's the problem with drafting some of these quarterbacks so high. Is once you do that, you pigeonhole yourself into they better start or else that was a disaster. Win, lose, or draw, they better start. And that's what Kyle Shanahan did 
with Trey Lance. He, he not only drafted him high, but he traded up to get him, which is why I had a problem with that from the beginning. Why aren't you trading up to get a quarterback when you have a quarterback that is a couple plays short of winning a Super Bowl? What is that? They just tell me they... San Francisco never had true faith in... Wow, hookups series. They never had true faith in Jimmy Garoppolo to begin with. No, not at all. Every every since he first got there, they never had real faith in him. To you know, they never have, and so it doesn't shock me that they would do they would treat him like that, and they would do you know, go to the measure of you know, trying to replace him that you know that fast. Uh, but with Trey Lance, you may have gotten yourself into a situation that you can't get out of, or else you don't want to get out of. Because if he's looking around, he's saying, okay, I don't have any kind of place. I'm not going to ha- have my position back. This guy's, you know, I don't ha- I don't want to have to, you know, fight for my position, my position. If that's the case, San Francisco really, I mean, they have really shot themselves in the leg in the long run. They not only shot themselves in the leg, you might as well cut it off. Yeah, because how, how do we know that Brock Purdy – is going to last if he's going to continue to be this good next season. Yeah, well, if he's like Nick Foles. Yeah. How do, we, like, <laughs> yeah, how like, do you know that? Like, a bottle in the playoffs, and yeah. then that's how, it. How do you How do you know that, you know? Well, I go back. He better be good. Yeah. Like, you, if you do this, you better be right. But that's the boat that they're in with either one, whether it's Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. They better be good. You yeah, don't, either way, they yeah. better be good. Yeah. Jimmy G was your only reliance. He was your only insurance. And now you're... Now he's out the door, so... Again. For good. Ain't no... Wait, 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 Jimmy. Nope. You, yeah, you, you've done this to me twice. I, yeah. I, yeah, no, no. I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm going to go to Seattle. I wish, I wish wherever Jimmy... You know, wherever he goes, I wish him the best of luck. He deserves it. Imagine if he winds up in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then, well, yeah, they're both in the NFC. They, he can take it to <laughs> This is what you missed out on. This is what I've been doing for you for the last seven years. The most, but, I, but I say the most likely scenario is that Baker Mayfield goes back. Yeah. I'm all for Baker there, you know. But You're, you kind of turned into a Baker, yeah. Yeah, because I'm glad he's found a team that fits him. You know, he didn't fit in Cleveland like everybody thought he would. That's and and really that's not his fault because Cleveland couldn't find out what the heck they wanted to do offensively for since not even with Johnny Menzel, they don't know what they want to do even now with Deshaun Watson. Watson, they don't know what they want to do offensively. It's all over the place. Cleveland is not a good place for a quarterback. <laughs> it's where you go to die. Yeah, like it's it's it really at them in Chicago. Yeah, like quarterbacks go there to lose their job. Yeah. It's not, it's not, look at Mitchell Trubisky, top draft pick, went to Chicago, now where is he? Nowhere. Come on, man. You know, so, Cleveland didn't know what they wanted to do, but in LA, man, he seemed to have, have truly found his spark, and then, they tried it in San Francisco, uh, not San Francisco, uh, South Carolina, and it didn't work out, but I think here in LA, he just truly found his spark, what fits him. Playing style and offense that fits him uh, to his speed, 
and I, I think it'll be great for LA if they able to keep him and uh, do what they can do with him. You know, use him to his full potential. Because I don't think Baker Mayfield will let you down. You know, I, it didn't look like it. Like yeah. he looked like he found his groove. Well, and, you get your running game. Yeah, let him do his thing. Yeah, and so and you have a decent defense. I, I, and that's why I'm so. That's why I'm you know saying yo I'm all for Baker Mayfield over there in L.A. So another quarterback that seems unhappy is Lamar Jackson. Now this is what John Harbaugh had to say. This uh, was yesterday. John Harbaugh uh, came out yesterday and said, "Let me find it. I'll make sure." There's a two hundred percent. He's 200% sure Lamar Jackson and the Ravens will reach a long-term deal. Uh, that was his response during a joint press conference yesterday. He said, Lamar Jackson is our quarterback. He's been our quarterback. Everything we've done in terms of building our offense and building our team, how we think in terms of the people and put people around him is based on the incredibly young, the incredible young man and his talent and his ability and his competitiveness. Wow. No doubt. So they, they're coming out saying we want him back. Yeah. Okay. But does that locker room want him back? That's my question. And then you get rid of Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator who's been there his entire career there. Uh, you're going to get a new offensive coordinator. Are you really going to hire a guy who okay. has to run? So that's, that's the, and that's what I was getting to. It's all great. Yeah, he's athletic. But the thing is, what are you going to do? Are you going to force him to pass now? Well, that's what, I mean, you've come out and said we've designed the offense around him. So you're telling me your next offensive coordinator has to run that offense. Why move on? Like, yeah. what? There was something that caused Greg Roman, because Greg Roman asked out of his, like, he asked to, to be let go, to pursue other opportunities. There's something going on there that made Greg Roman say, you know what? This isn't working out. I want to try my hand somewhere else. You got the sense that he wanted to go be creative with the offense. He was tired of having to gear everything just around Lamar Jackson. Are you really going to bring somebody else in and say you have to gear everything around one guy? And then number two, John Harbaugh said, I want him back, but he didn't address whether some of those teammates want him back after he didn't even travel with the team to the playoff game. Man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's... it's, it's... I, I don't know because that's the only thing I see happening is that he, if you're going to build, if you're going to say, quote unquote, that you built that offense around him, then that's the only thing that you should should expect moving forward is that they're going to run that same offense. But even then, man, that's wasting time on finding a new offensive coordinator because of, you know, what if he doesn't want to run that? You know? Yeah. You, then you're putting him, you're limiting, limiting him, and then you're putting him in a pigeonhole and you're telling him, this is the playbook. Throw your stuff out. This is what we're going to go with. The only thing I can see, the way I can see this working with a new offensive coordinator is if you're going to let that offensive coordinator do what he wants to do uh, offensively, then you're going to have to uh, force Lamar Jackson to throw a lot more and keep him in the pocket. And this is the honest truth. With this type of energy, do you really want him running a lot next season? Because I I get but it. But what else can you do? I mean, that's the thing. But we that's, don't know that that's he what can I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. At. You know, that's what I'm trying to say is we don't know. We don't. I mean, because <laughs> we haven't seen it. You yeah. know. And so what? What are what are you going to do? You know, if you want him to run, 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 and then he gets hurt again, you know, God forbid it does. But 
it's a possibility because that doesn't I said this the other day. For quarterbacks, once they leave that pocket and that protection zone, there are no longer quarterbacks, they're running backs. It's yeah. a fair game. You know, there's no more there's no more oh if you throw them down too hard. No. That's only if you're in the pocket. But yeah, they set themselves up to go get here. Yeah. And once you leave that pocket and that protection zone, it's fair game, you know? And so what's gonna happen? You know, if that you know, if he gets hit the wrong way and, and, and you know below his below the waist, you know, and his knee, what's gonna happen? If you're gonna keep running them like that, you you, you just got to see what you have in, in Lamar Jackson if he can throw the ball. If he can throw the ball, and if he can't, you <laughs> you might have to explore other options, but. Uh, that's the only thing I can say. If he can't throw the ball, you're gonna have to explore other options. You, uh, and, you know, do you stick with Tyler Huntley? I mean, he, he yeah. didn't do a terrible job. Well, you know, you gotta give him time to de- develop, though. Uh, <laughs> you can't. But see, that's what they tried to do with him. They tried to mold him after Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they tried to make him something he's not. Yes, and I, that's why it's, it confuses me with with John. Uh, Harbaugh is what? Why did he all of a sudden change his offensive philosophy once he got Lamar Jackson? It was never like that. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he wants a run-heavy quarterback. What? What changed? Well, you got Lamar Jackson. Like I, I think did it change when his brother beat him I, in a Super Bowl? I well, well I, no, he beat his brother. But but you. It feels like these coaches fall in love with these quarterbacks. And so they're going to do whatever they can to keep that quarterback, keep that quarterback happy and, and use that quarterback. That's that what feels like. Yeah, well, that's fine and dandy. Like, but at least make sure that that quarterback can perform to your abilities. If yeah. they can't, then you just have to move on. Move on. That, but but he's two hundred percent sure, so we'll see. And does Lamar want to play there? That's, That's the a, other yeah. side. Does Lamar really want to go back there? Because you got the feeling that he was saying, "Listen, they want me to play. I don't want to play. They won't give me the contract I want." Well, you get this. You also get the feeling, in a sense, that you know he feels un uh, unappreciated. Yeah, you know, because it's taking him this long to work out a deal. You know, and. I don't blame him. I really don't. I don't it was blame really him. Like that. he took it personally. Yeah, and, and it's like he now he's like, well, I don't mean anything to them. You know, they don't appreciate me and all the stuff that I've done, even with me getting injured. So, you know, possibly that could be. You know, he, he's looking at say, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go to a team that appreciates me, me and my abilities. Um, but they do. That's the thing. They they do appreciate his abilities, but at what cost is the yeah. thing? You know. Uh, and the type of injury he has isn't an injury. It could be a reoccurring injury, you know, and it could change his game. So that's going to be a situation that's going to have to be, that's going to be sat on and uh, followed, followed. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me either way, which is the way it goes, you know. Uh, whether he stays, they keep him and give him a big contract or not. You know, it will actually surprise me if they do give him the contract that he. Man, yeah, that that would that yeah, would be that, a shock. Yeah, that would surprise me. Then I'm not on their side anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> yeah, 
you know. Over a contract? Over a contract. They knew they shouldn't have done it. If they do, they knew they should they shouldn't do it. Like like everybody would say that's a bad decision. Yeah. Hey, nobody nobody can look cuz you look you have to look at the overall style of play that Lamar Jackson has. Yeah, it looks pretty, but this injury is ugly and it's the, like I said, it's the same it's the same time type of injury that Ezekiel Elliott has, and you see how it's changed his game. True, you know he he's lost a step. He can't cut like he used to. Um, it's it's just it changes you. It changes your. It doesn't change you, but it changes your playing style, your abilities. So with Lamar Jackson, if his abilities are to run and to juke and to spin, will he be able to do that coming back? I I think there's too many questions to give him a big contract. Exactly. But if I'm another team, what am I getting? Like that that would be my question. You know, who, I wanna, who and what? The only thing I want to see from Lamar Jackson is him actually throw some balls and be accurate see and be it, able to use his arm. Yes. You know, when needed. Yeah, that's what I. That's all I want to see from him consistently. We got start a little bit later this morning, but we are coming up on the eleven o'clock hour, so we're gonna close out the show with our playoff picks. Oh, and one last thing I do want to add about Tom Brady. So, it Tom was put out, again, can't can't forget this. I did want to throw this out there. Tom Pelissario reported yesterday on the Rich Eisen show that people close to Tom Brady uh, for the last two months have said all his options are on the table. He is showing that he seems more open to coming back and playing another year than he did certainly a year ago at this time when he retired and unretired. Really? Yes, and on top of that, Josh McDaniels came out yesterday and said, I want a veteran quarterback, not a rookie. Ah, I'm telling you, Tom Brady to Las Vegas is happening. If Tom Brady plays another down in the NFL, it's going to be in Las Vegas. I'm not saying that's smart, but I'm saying that's what's going to happen. I'm calling it. No, please don't. I don't think it should. Please. Tom, please. Go home, man. Please. Cut it out. Don't do this to yourself. That's why I said, I don't care what McDaniel said. I don't care. This man pushing 50. He's closer to 50 than he is 40 now. You know? Just let it, man, just let it. Let it go. You know, you, you... Tom has had a great career. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I've said all I can say. Well, I, I just feel like we're not going to remember him for what he was. If he if he plays another year, it's going to be like Brett Ford. Where just go home. Yeah, just go home. Stop getting off the plane. I'm retiring. Just retire. Yeah, get on the plane home. and go home. <laughs> that's it. Yes. So let's make our playoff picks. Who you got? Let's see here. Start out with Kinsey and Jacksonville. Who you got? Casey. I'm going to take Casey as well. I'm not a Patrick Mahomes or Kansas City fan. Even though he's from East Texas, I don't care. I can care less. Cincinnati and Buffalo. Who you got? Ooh, boy. I got Cincy. 
I'm going to take Cincy as well. It's like you've read my mind. Yeah, I got Cincy because I'm, I'm, I'm calling Cincy goes there. The Kansas City beats Jaguars and Kansas City finally beats. No. Who's your uh, daddy? Cincy. I'm I'm just this is just what I'm calling. I'm just saying well, that, that's fine, but I'm I'm telling you that's not gonna happen. Okay. Uh, uh Philly and New York. Oh, you already know. The Giants. Why? Uh, wait, do you no, no, we're going going to Giants. I'm going with the Giants. Uh, okay, I'll go with Giants too. Because I was going with Giants. That's why I, I need you to pick opposite of me just one Why? Time. I did. No, I haven't. You picked uh, Cincy yeah. too. Okay. Okay, and then Dallas and San Francisco. Dallas. You're going to San Fran, ain't yep. you? I knew it. I knew it. I knew that was going to be the one. I knew it was going to be the one. Yeah. I, I got Dallas. I, You know, hope for the best, but I got San Fran. <sighs> hey, on the bright side, if we're wrong, we all go down together like sure. outside that last game. The ship sinks together. All the odds are this time definitely, definitely against Dallas. All of them. Yeah, every There's, time. Yeah. With, with, with uh, the Bucks, it was like, it's anybody's a toss-up, you know, anybody. But this time, all the odds are against Dallas. Yeah. So we're wrapping up our second full week of a daily show. What you think? Today was a good show, man. You know, we talked about Adam Sandler um, and Shaq, Dan Patrick, those guys. Uh, it was a good show. TGIF, you know. Thank God it's Friday, man. Big plans uh, for the weekend? I don't, I don't, other than watching the games, I don't know. I don't think so. I see either. Yeah. I think that's all, you know. Cook, you think we we live boring lives. Cook and watch cook and watch the games, man. We are living middle aged dad lives in our twenties. In 20s. our twenties, yeah. So what are we gonna do when we're in our forties? Barbecue and eat and watch the games. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing it since I told you. <laughs> Just keep it going. Yeah, but um I don't know, man. Travel more, I guess. <laughs> you like we're gonna. It'll be like the backwards, you know. We you know, we, we we travel more in our older age than we do in our younger ages. Like yeah, right now, at, right now, we're doing person. stuff that dads were doing in their forties. We started a podcast, a sports show. We cook, eat food, and watch the games on weekends. Like this is what we do, and then as we get in our forties, we're gonna be traveling a lot more. <laughs> I like, can't be going yeah. We we barely we I won't say barely be home, but you know, just be out, and you know, that's a possibility. Like that's actually that's, a good yeah, possibility. Yeah, it really is. When you look at the trajectory trajectory of things, of it's kind of where it's going yeah, it's kind of yeah. that way. <laughs> that's where it's headed. Yeah, but yeah, man, it's been fun. This week's been a good week. Uh, like you say, we call second win, and uh, you you have to uh, take that and let's run with it. Uh, I'm interested, man. We got some um, some new schools that we're going to be uh, following this football season. Yep. And so that's going to be fun. Uh, we got our first big school. Uh, let's hope and pray that we get our second and third. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, go from there. It's going to be a fun season. I can already tell. Already tell. 
Um, especially heading to, you know, spring football is coming up. So I'm, I'm very interested in seeing uh, what teams have lined up. What schools develop. Yeah. You know. um, but other than that, man, uh, it, it, it is playoff season, man. It's playoff season. Uh, we still, you know, college basketball, March Madness coming up. That get, Be ready for that. Be ready for March Madness. Because uh, I believe that's going to be interesting this year. I think Alabama's going to be at the forefront of that. Yeah. Uh, How about that? Roll Tide in yeah. basketball. Because it's like, if heck, if we didn't get it done in football, we're going to get it done in I basketball. Golly, we're going we're gonna to keep our names in the headlines somehow. Shoot, man, because they are rolling right now. They are beating teams with NBA numbers. <laughs> I, I just I wish their head basketball coach would come out and accuse the Texas A&M coach of buying players. <laughs> that would be tremendous to it me. It would have nothing to do with uh, uh, Jimbo, but Jimbo would just... <laughs> oh, he'd have, he would hold a press conference that yeah. after. Look at his man. <laughs> Talking about, don't pick on me. We gotta ask uh, Coach Scotty, Scott P, about what he thinks about Alabama, yeah. you know, and with their their run. Hopefully, we get to have him on the show again. Uh, also, we gotta try and get uh, Doug on the show, Doug Pittman. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, we got we got a lineup of people. Or get him that... on a get him on a show or a call or something. Yeah, that yeah. that would be a good lineup. Yeah. So, y'all have a good weekend. And we will see you Monday, 9 to 11. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Guys, just record that. <laughs> just look at Riley. Don't look at me. <laughs> but uh, we'll see you Monday, 9 to 11, here on Good Old Sports. Peace. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs>